All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 105. I am Bagged Milk, here with Nation Dan, Tyler Remchuk, and Rick from The Pint. We are going to discuss all things Edmonton Oilers. But first, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Check them out on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford under score the giant but what they want you to know is that it is winter tire season at sherwood ford and they're doing all things to winterize your vehicles including new tires new batteries winterizing anything to do with your vehicle to make sure that you are set and ready to go we're already in late september you don't want to get caught behind tyler you don't want your vehicle to not start in the middle of january yeah you definitely don't want that you don't want that. Neither does our, do our friends at Sherwood Ford. And that's why they need you to bring your bring your whip in, get yourself ready for the next 12 months of your life. Uh, I want to start off, actually, again, Sherwood Ford. Giant question of the week. Somebody, there's construction going on. Who's building? Dan, are you a, are you Rick. a pecker? No, we got, get Rick. We, got, we got some work going on here. Don't worry. Oh, we got upgrades going on at the pint. I like to hear that. Yeah. Uh, last week's Sherwood Ford giant question, Tyler asked, if people would be open to trading the 14th overall pick. So I threw it out on Instagram just to see if I would get any feedback. And Jesse responded. He says, I agree with Tyler. With the depth in this depth in this year's draft, a scoring winger could be there for the taking. Just please, sweet baby Jesus, take us to the promised land. Uncle Ken, hard to disagree with Jesse. If you have thoughts or feedback on the Sherwood Ford giant question, hit us up on social media, ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or just any of our personals, and we will read them out on the podcast. That leads us to this week's 
Sherwood Ford Giant question of the week, Mr. Yaremchuk, if you please. Uh, yeah, this week's giant. It's sort of, uh, it, it stems from last week's question where we talked about, you know, would you trade the 14th overall pick for Kemper or for some other goalie? Like, we were talking about trading it for a hard body, and the question I know... A hard body f- specifically. Rawr! Oh, sorry. You know what I meant. You know what I meant. Got right. to add to that Team Abs. That's what he was looking Absolutely. for. Yeah, add to Team Abs. Um, but what I want to know is, would you be okay if uh, Ken Holland, which he's done this in the past... Would you be okay with Ken Holland trading down and potentially moving into, you know, maybe the later in the first round? And for doing that, he picks up a late second rounder or a late third rounder. Would you be okay with Ken Holland trading from 14 and sliding right down in the draft to maybe pick up two prospects instead of one? Two prospects? I don't know. But if we made a trade, like we were talking about before, if we made a trade and did something where it kind of moved back and we got an actual asset to play right now, that's where I'm looking. I have a question. This particular draft class, how is it ranked, Tyler? Do you have a, like a, a broad it's, general idea? It's considered pretty deep. And the reason this is at the top of my mind is because I wrote that piece on the site talking about, you know, maybe getting a scorer in the draft. And when you're looking at the guys who are scorers, like for me, Seth Jarvis and Jack Quinn are at the top of that list. If you want a pure goal scorer, it's Jarvis, it's Quinn, it's maybe Dawson Mercer in there as well. And those are kind of the guys you'll get in that, you know, they're probably going to go in the 10 to 16, 17 range, like somewhere in there. But if the Oilers were to say go down to the early 20s or the mid 20s, like Connor Zari is really interesting. Ridley Grieg is a, is, a, is a center, but he's drawing comparisons to Nazem Kadri. So he'd be interesting. Um, I'm pretty interested in Jacob Perot as well. Jan Mizak went to the OHL. He only played 22 games and he scored 15 goals. Like, there's some interesting names towards the end of the first round. And I just think, you know, for a team that doesn't have second round picks for the next two years, if you're looking to recoup some of that, I, would you do it? Would you trade down, maybe get a lesser score, or a guy with not as much draft pedigree, but also add on a second round pick or a third round pick? Well, with everything you... Sorry, go ahead, Dan. With, for me, it's, it's uh, you know, it's in Ken you trust, right? Like, you have to, it has to be a, it would, to me, it would be a deal that's going to come up when the 13th overall pick has been called and the Oilers know what they're looking at or in that area and they know what they're looking at to be able to drop. Yeah, I, from what I've read, the little that I do know, if the Jack Quinns and the, and the Seth Jarvises and possibly the Dawson Mercer, like you said, Tyler, they're off the board then maybe you do look at sliding back and trying to recoup some value. I don't know if you're going to get a warm body or a hard body if you're Tyler um, <laughs> mm. for, the, for that pick That's and also be able to, to not slide back too far. But it's, uh, it, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely an option that you have to, you have to kind of trust Ken will make the move like you said he has done in the past. So, so you know, if I, I'm comfortable with it if, if those guys aren't there. But who do, who, what do I know anyway? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Dan, I said hard body. I think, I think maybe I, I meant to say hard said, asset. Or something I know like why that. you said hard body. <laughs> we all know why you said hard body. Well, I know why you said hard body, buddy. But Mr. Nation, Dan, if you are Ken Holland here, are you um, more open to doing that in a draft here that's pretty solid, if that means picking something up or, or no? Well, see, now I, like, I have to defer to Tyler on that, and he says it's a deeper draft, but I think we can all attest to the fact that at least in the last few years, Everybody has said that the drafts are deep, but we're not 
I don't know. Like it just, it's, it's one of those things. It's all magic beans after the top three or four guys, right? You could, you could pick an absolute dud in the, in the 14 spot and, and the 15 spot as a superstar. So I don't know. It, it, I, I, I just have to defer to the minds that know better than me. Tyler, you're one of them. You know, all three of these guys on the podcast with me are, are more knowledgeable, I think, than, than I am about the prospects coming into it. Um, I look up the specific guys that are coming around our uh, our draft area, but that's that's pretty much it for me. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I said, if, if it's one of those things that's not really fitting a need that you need in the very near future, which to me is a scoring winger, um, or, you know, I like I had the opinion last week that if you can get that goalie that in two or three years' time is ready to go, uh, you've got to take that. But that's uh, that's my opinion there. I think the, the ask Askarov, oh, fuck, his name is going to be hard to pronounce, if he's there, I think that's when the Oilers could actually get a lot of offers on that pick. So the the scenario I see where it might make sense to trade down is if Askarov falls to you and the Oilers are sitting there going, no, we aren't taking him. Our scouts are saying, don't take him. We don't want to burn a first-round pick on a goalie. And if Jarvis and Quinn would go ahead of him, which probably would happen, that's the only way Askarov would fall to you. He's sitting there. You can't get Quinn or Jarvis. And there's a team at 23-24 who is like, Holy shit! This is our chance to get a starting goalie, and they want to fly up. Then I'm I'm all for making a move. I I look at the Oilers' first round history and Broberg and or their recent history. Broberg, Bouchard, great early top ten picks. Oh shit! My mic is cutting out big time. Cool. Can you hear me still? Are we good? I yeah. We yeah. believe in you. Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> Yamamoto went late in the first round. Sometimes if yep. it's an undersized score, they slip a lot further than they can. So I, I think I would, I'd be okay with moving down and taking a score if you don't get one of the big guns at 14. I would be more hesitant just because of where they're picking. Right because they're in the middle of the first round, it seems like every year there's always one or two guys that slip beyond where they think they should go. And I feel like that would give the Oilers a chance at 14 to pick up a guy that maybe they didn't think that they would have. But then again, I guess it all depends on what the offers would be in terms of where the, the secondary pick would be, where they would slide in the first. Would it be a third or a second? Obviously, you'd be more inclined to pick up a second and slide back than a third, I would think, right? But I also like what Rick said, where it's like maybe you do slide back a couple spots, pick up another pick and use that as a bullet in the gun to upgrade the roster with an actual rock hard body. But I don't know. It, it really depends where they're at, I suppose. If they're coming for the goalie, if that's a scenario we're in all of a sudden where we've got Askarov sitting there and we're getting the, the phones ringing. Um, it's obviously going to be their first-round pick, plus yeah. that plus might be a third-line center, you know? Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Like, let's say Ottawa's in that spot, right, where Ottawa can suddenly, you know, they want to move up to 15 real bad. They have a pick later in the first round that they got from the Islanders. And you can swing something with them where it's like, you know what? Yeah, maybe we got to throw in another prospect, but we can get Chris Tierney by only moving down. Like, where is that pick now? They got the Islanders pick uh, coming up late. I think it's like 25, 26. So if it's like, hey, we slide down 12 spots. That's 28. Slide down 14 spots. Maybe you can still take Jan Mizak or or Perot and you get that third line center on top of it. And maybe Ottawa even throws in something. I, I think there could be a package deal built around it too. It's, it's a hard question to just say yes or no to. Like you said, bag milk, there's a lot of variables involved in it. But it's an interesting conversation to have because I think there's a chance to maybe, you know, the, the more bullets you kind of have come draft time, the greater chance of success you have. But I would be scared of trading down 
And in two years, a guy you could have had there is, you know, David Pasternak or whatever. Well, I think that's exactly it. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say, I think the reality is, and we've kind of touched on it, is that we now know we have a GM in this organization that has made those moves. And he, he has a propensity to, to bump down to, to add two players instead of one. So, so it's definitely on the table, and it's a good question to ask. If you are listening to this podcast right now, you are hearing my voice. We want to know whether or not you would be open to trading the 14th overall pick to slide down. Hit us up, ON Radio Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. We did get our Twitter account back. Uh, Dan, I saw you got your Twitter account back. We're all Confirmed. back in the mix. Or just hit any of us up on social as well. We want to bring in more of your answers and feedback into the podcast. So slide back. Call us 14. out. Just call, call us, us out. out. Yeah. Tell us we're stupid. Uh, not me specifically because it hurts my feelings and I don't want to cry. But if you have a hard body, feel free to send a picture to Tyler at <laughs> OilersNation.com. Tyler at OilersNation.com. He would love to see your hard bodies heading into the fall. Uh, gentlemen, obviously a big, big week this week for the Oilers. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, the man. We talked about it last week. We talked about it on Real Life. We've been writing about it for, hang on. What do you got there, Tyler? What, do you, what is that? Is that a chocolate muffin from Costco? No, my girlfriend made chocolate chip muffins. Oh, look at well you. Done. It's a hard look muffin. It's actually a very soft muffin. I even put it that in the microwave for a little bit. Oh, oh, very, nice. You need, very nice. Good for you. You need a little margin or butter on that. Ooh, I'm watching the weight. Oh. <laughs> Again, everything comes back to hard bodies in this week's podcast. And Tyler <laughs> wants to be the next one out in the city of champions. I guess before we get to Leon Dreisel, I do want to give a shout out to our friends at Tourism Jasper. They've got all kinds of specials and experiences happening this fall in the mountains. Venture beyond with land, water, and air experiences. Explore a variety of activities for adventurers of all levels. Hiking and biking, climbing and canyoning, tourism sightseeing, rafting and canoeing, wildlife viewing, whatever you want. Maybe just sit on a patio at Earl's and watch the world go by. Our friends at Tourism Jasper want to bring you down. For more details, go to jasper.travel or follow them on social media at Tourism Jasper. I mean, who doesn't like a trip to the mountain, right, boys? Yeah. Back to Leon Dreisaitl. Were you there before? (laughs) Well, I started, but then I got distracted by muffin. No, that's true. Muffin talk always takes precedent (laughs) in my life. Um, We talked about Leon Dreisaitl a lot. Maybe winning one award or both. Obviously, this past week, the news came down. Both awards, the Ted Lindsay Award, as voted by the players. Hart Trophy, as voted by the media. Anybody surprised that he cleaned up and took home both? I'm a little I was. surprised, yeah. Go ahead, yeah, I think, I think, like, on this podcast, we all kind of, we all were kind of preparing ourselves and the listeners for the possibility, the hard, real hard possibility, Tyler, uh, of you know, Nathan McKinnon being the, uh, the choice by the media for the most part. And I, and I, you know, it, it's not to say that it's not to take anything away from McKinnon's season. It was great, but it's, it is heartening to say, to see a little, uh, little pun there. It's heartening to see that Leon Dreisaitl got the respect that he deserves. Uh, it's also been fun to watch the people that left certain voter or certain votes off of their ballots. Um, I'm not just talking about people that left Leon Dreisaitl off their ballot necessarily. Um, a lot of strategic voting going on, or a little bit of strategic voting going on, that kind of played into things as well, and and that just kind of makes a joke of the voting system. But yeah, I I I, I was pleasantly surprised that he got he cleaned up. 
he he ran the ran the table on all three awards. Uh, Tyler, you said you were surprised as well. Yeah, I kind of thought McKinnon was going to be the MVP. I mean, you look at what he did in Colorado. Not to take anything away from Leon, but that guy dragged a very very banged up team to a very, very good record in a very tough Western Conference. So I was surprised McKinnon didn't get it, but I was very happy for Dreisaitl. Um, The players voting him, the media, like he was the best player in the NHL this season. And this absolutely cements that. So Oilers fans should be absolutely stoked about this news. We've touched on this because, I mean, we've had a chance to break down the Hart Trophy race for like four months now. But how many teams in the NHL could realistically have two Hart Trophy winners on their roster? Like, right now, it's it's Edmonton, man, and, and that's such a great thing. I know people, like, uh, it was a confusing night for me because there were some people who were hopping out there and going, oh, this fucking guy didn't have Leon on his ballot. Like, take his ballot away. This is bullshit. And people got so mad about that. And then there was other people tweeting me being like, oh, two hard trophy winners, and they still can't find a way to make the playoffs. And it's like, can we not, like, let's be happy about this. We've talked about how much fun it is to watch Connor McDavid, and it's a ton of fun to watch Leon Dreisaitl as well. Like, that should be, it should be a time where Oilers fans sit there and go, you know what? Yeah, the playoff success hasn't been there. Yeah, the last decade was shitty, and it was hard, and okay, two writers didn't think Leon was the best. That's fine. But man, are we ever lucky to get to watch these two players on a regular basis on the same team? Like, we are so lucky to get to watch these two talents, man. It, 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 it's unreal. Rick, what do you think? Uh, I think I was the only one who honestly thought that he was going to win everything. Work? Yep. I'll give you credit there. You um, said it everywhere. So, yeah, no, I just think the uh, the writers didn't overthink anything. They saw what everybody else saw, and I think that Leon had just enough of a better season um, than McKinnon to get rid of any of those fence-sitter votes. Like, uh, by the time, I don't think there was a lot of fence-sitting involved. You kind of knew it was Leon. Um as for the guys who didn't vote them, if you didn't vote them first, whatever. Second, all right, this, we're getting really weird. Third, come on, really, who are you? But when he's outside your top five, and I'm not going to say everyone, you know, take away his, his vote or whatever, but I do think they needed to be a little more, um, ris- I don't know if it's responsible is the right word or what, but there's, there's no way. And if your analytics says that Leon's not in the top five this year, then your analytics is broken. Like, yeah. it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the new ways of, of looking at a math and all that fun stuff. But I think at the end of the day, your eye should be the leader and you use the math to, uh, to try and verify what you're watching out there. And uh, if your analytics said that he's not in your top five, it's, it's broken, like legit scrap it, throw it in the garbage. Oh, and start I don't again. think that's true at all. I just think it's, you know, even different hockey fans with the eye test will value different things. You'll have people oh, no, who sure. really value a defensive forward who, you know, say no offense is king. Offense is everything you need. Some guys will really value a goalie, and it's Dom's model, and I think it's great. It's won me money in the past because he's usually pretty good at you know, handicapping games. His model just really put an emphasis on a player having good defensive metrics, and that's all it was, and people were getting mad. But that's, at him a, calling... that's a different award there. No, the MVP is supposed to cover everything. The MVP is not the best offensive player. The MVP is the player who's that's most fair. valuable to his team, and Dom's model just decided that or had Leon Drysaddle as a poor defensive zone player, which a ton of Oilers fans have bitched about over the year. I don't entirely agree with it. I, I no, disagree. that's not but I just think true there. A lot of Oilers fans were pissed about Drysaddle. Oh no, no, I don't. No, no, I don't believe that. I don't yeah. believe his defensive game is yeah. that. That's where the lazy narrative comes from. Yeah, um, I just think like Dom specifically. He's a writer who lives and dies by his model, right? Like that's his thing. He it's his model, and I 
I just, I almost give him credit for sticking to his guns. And yeah, it was an unpopular pick, but that's kind of his thing as a writer is, is to be very analytical and whatever the numbers say, that's what he does. I think it's good to have a mix like that in your voters as well. But didn't we have, didn't we have someone out there trying to tell us that Nichushkin was having a better year than Leon because their analytics were saying that too? I mean, at that point... That guy doesn't have a vote, though, and he's not a professional and that, hockey and that's, and that's And that's fair, but, I mean, if we're going to allow all analytics, you know, we got to allow all and analytics. And I, just, I, I, just, I think they're both in the same I, category now, or I don't even look at this, uh, that other one. You see, and I, I, always, I read Dom's piece, and he even said in there, he was like, man... I was I couldn't decide it for weeks if I want who if I wanted to have Matthews at five or Dry Settle at five because he was like I I there's a part of me that wanted Dry Settle at five so I wouldn't cause this big storm but at the end of the day I wanted to live and die by my model and he did that. But I feel I feel but like he's trying to reinvent the wheel by trying to change the heart voting like this like this is the way it's always been done. At the end of the day, it's yes. one vote. Well, I don't know. If I, I agree also, with that, Rick, just because because a writer from Boston might have fucking picked you know like Tuka Rask to be his heart yeah. trophy winner in the past. And well, he would never fine, have his but, vote revealed, and so he'd just be like, ha, 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 tee, Yeah, but outside but. the top five is ridiculous. Yeah, but I just think it's funny that, like, the Dom's model is what it is, and it's an analytics thing, and I, I read this piece as well, so I just think it's funny that he's also a Leafs fan, yeah. and he slid, he slid Matthews into the fifth spot. Anyway, go ahead, Dan. I, <laughs> I just think that my, my issue comes from when these guys, when these voters are like, you see them, you see them tweet stuff, ahead of it because they know that there's a shitstorm coming and they they really embrace that and then they're just like ha 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 oiler fans are upset at me and i don't know why it's like well you know why you know your model just didn't include leon dreisaitl but when you when you're like then you're just like oh i'm getting clout out of this i just that's when i get they're looking for they're looking for they're looking for clicks and they're getting the clicks if you don't like what you're hearing from somebody just straight up stop interacting with them that's what i've done with a lot of guys i've just stopped clicking stop looking just Push him to the side and see well, later, Mr. New Jersey. What guy. Dom does, like you guys, Beg Milk and Tyler are right. What Dom does and what he, his model says is is completely legitimate because it's because it's his model. It's not like he's it's not like he's saying that this is the you know this is the greatest way to identify players every year. But he just feels that defense is is more important, and his model says Leon isn't. But I don't know. It's it's it has well, my place, model but. says that he everything he says is stupid. You know. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> And you know, but you can't, you can't just you can't just say like, well, his model is fine because it's what he believes in. Well, like, but, like I said, it's some no, sort of math or check marks or something behind it. To say, you know, it's it's this that other thing. He just shows he his believes work. in it. I don't know. I, but it's I no like different him. I like than, his writing, so I'm I stand up for him a little bit. But it's no different than when the heart votes weren't available, like when ballots weren't shown to anybody, right? And you'd have those mystery votes for Nikushkin would get a number one. Uh, heart trophy vote and nobody would ever own up to it and everybody would be like okay like is it just a beat writer from his hometown like I don't know but I think that I think that the invention or the addition of making ballots available to everybody has really drawn these guys out and made them you know made them answer for their for their votes and that's a good thing and at the end of the day I'd rather have a guy throw a vote like that where you know he doesn't have dry saddle in his top five and he sits there and has to, you know, he has to explain it a little. He has to show his work. I'd rather have that than a guy who just, for whatever reason, is like, oh, Tristan Jari's in the top five for hearts, and then just sits back and yeah. is like, I thought turns that. Comment, I covered the turns Penguins. comments off, yeah. Right? Like, I, I'd rather have a guy who just sits there and is like, yeah, man, I'm going to piss people off, but this is what I believe. I'm going to stand by it. So I understand why Oilers fans are pissed. I, he should have probably just put Dry Saddle in his top five, and it's not even an issue, but... 
he didn't and whatever like my my whole problem with it was Oilers fans like getting so mad about that when it's like That's man this was such world, a though, I, I know but it was I such like you. a monumental yeah. day for the organization to get another Hart Trophy winner and there was like so much attention about that and I was like damn man like it's so cool that we have two Hart Trophy winners like I don't give a shit what well, one of the 150 I winners mean, did we've talked about this so many times on the podcast where Oilers fans just have no chill and ability to yeah. let things roll off their back and it's just like We've almost become, and I get it because this team's been so bad for a thousand years that it's the easy target, and I get it. But like, fuck people. I mean, you got to think that nobody makes fun of the Oilers better than Oilers fans. And at some point, you would think that we can just kind of like look at a vote and laugh because at the end of the day, the only Dom's, ones Dom's vote didn't affect the outcome. Drive the only, ones, the only ones who can make fun of our Oilers are us. Well, exactly. Or like and that, I was, that's that little brother's thing, right? Where he, I can pick on him and nobody else can. Exactly. I was off of Twitter, and so I I don't remember who it was, but was it was it former friend of the nation or friend of the nation Jonathan Willis that that left McKinnon off his ballot just as a like a strategic vote to help Drysaddle get up there? I don't think Willis would have done. That. I don't think he. I don't think Willis. Willis that. Somebody that did that guy. though. So I thought I saw somebody. I sorry if I apologize to Willis if it wasn't him. But I thought that somebody did that that reverse, and here we are, Oilers fans, not calling that out, right? Like we're we're just going after the guys that leave Leon off their ballot, and, and I get it. But like you guys said, we just we need to like be able to laugh at the fact that Leon Dreisaitl won the won the Hart Trophy, even though Dom didn't vote for him. Like, who cares? So I'm looking. Willis did leave McKinnon off, uh, but he just yeah, he I just. Guess- I'm looking through the thread now. He's just really quickly. He was just looking. He just made a case for somebody else instead. Fair enough. So, but nobody's it, freaking out about that one, right? Like you know, no other fans is upset about that. But it right, just, no one's yeah. telling Willis he's a fucking idiot and that his vote needs to be taken away. When like, I mean, I think leaving McKinnon, McKinnon. I love John too. Like, great guy. I, I just think leaving McKinnon off would be just as egregious if Oilers fans were actually mad about the integrity of the award and not just getting pissed off about their own guy being left off. Should be just as mad at John for leaving off McKinnon, but they're not. And I'm happy well, they're not because John don't need that in his life. John's better than that. <laughs> John's great. Um, that's why, for me, my favorite thing about it is just watching the chaos. Because I don't give a shit about any of this. But Dry Saddle won. That was it. And then watching everything that came after, to me, it was just enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Team chaos, I guess. Uh, let's go through some of the other awards really quickly to see if there's any other surprises for you. Uh, Kel McCarr, Calder Trophy winner. Our friends at Canucks Army, they were obviously upset. Uh, Quinn Hughes yeah, getting it passed up. What do you guys think about the Calder? To me, I, Kel McCarr is fantastic. Like, to me, that one made sense. There's just, there's nobody on, there's nobody in that top three that you could say they didn't deserve to win the award. You know, it's one of those years where there's just a lot of young, talented players like Ethan Barry even getting a mention is awesome. Yeah, but, 10th uh, place votes. Uh, 10th yeah, place for uh, Calder. Quinn, Quinn Hughes is an amazing player, but Kale McCarr was unbelievable too. So it's it's not. I don't think it's it's one of those years again where you know you don't take away anything from the guys that didn't win. But but Kale McCarr did amazing to win it. What the Calder Trophy did tell me, Dan, is that I'm annoyed that two teams have stud defensemen like that because Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes are both fantastic to watch, and it annoys me to say. Good AJHL boy, Kale McCarr as well. I remember watching him with the Brooks Bandits the one time a year they'd roll through Sherwood Park. And, uh, man, that kid was good. He's real good. You could tell from a young age. Like, he would just dominate games. It was ridiculous. It's pretty fun watching a kid like that. Like, at that level, just 
head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, Did you see his synergy, his synergy stick commercial come out today? Yeah, that was funny no. as fuck. Oh, that little video when he's like, I don't know, like 10 years old or something like that. <laughs> I mean, his buddy's selling a synergy stick. Uh, you good. could tell it was like, yeah, for like a school project or something. They had to do a skit about like a magic stick yeah. or something like that. It was, <laughs> it's funny as fuck. Um, I, sorry, I plugged the AJHL there for a second. I'm going to plug another local prospect because I think uh, we could be watching another future called the trophy winner in our city right now. Dylan Gunther on the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's popping up in uh, some top five lists for potentially for next year's NHL draft. So if you're a fan of amateur hockey in the Edmonton area, you got to watch those Oil Kings next year. What position? He's a center. Bas- like, oh, you're going to like this comparison I heard. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the comparison. Uh, draft him now. You know, a little- draft him a year <laughs> early. Not the biggest guy, but he'll go out there. He puts up a ton of points. He's good two-way, skates well, checks a ton of boxes that you want in like a solid top six or maybe even top line center. I say we use our first round pick to draft him a year early. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, Lady Bing, that's cool. Yeah. Selkie, Sean Couturier from Philly. Yeah. That didn't surprise me. Nope. Uh, Connor Hellebuck won the Vesna. Obvious to me. He's He's so fucking good. He's probably, I would argue, the only reason that Winnipeg was as competitive as they were. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. How many? How many votes did Nuge get in that? So, uh, did he get any ever? I'm sure, I don't know. Got, I'm sure he got. Did anyone toss him a couple? I thought he had a couple in there. I think he's always been underrated defensively. I, yeah. I mean, you don't got to tell me a president. That dude, that dude steals the puck off your stick. Like, <laughs> he's one of the best in the league at doing that. Frank's a, Frank's fired up about his ball. He's he's a fucking he's a ninja, right, Frank? Peace. Of course, of course. Dirty little thief, especially when he's got that mustache. Uh, Bill Masterson went to Bobby Ryan. Uh, we're going to talk about him in a minute because I just saw that the Senators are going to be buying him out. Roman Yossi for the Norris over John Carlson. Anybody surprised by that one? Nah. That's an award, too. Like it, It's not even about who is the best defenseman in the NHL. It's which defenseman had the best year. Like If it was given to who the actual best defenseman is, who you'd want to build the team around, it'd go to Victor Hedman. But it was who had the best year. It was the OCs. All right. Did you did you notice the background when Paul Coffey gave that out? No. He no. had behind him on his little trophy case, he had three three Norris trophies and four Stanley <laughs> Cups. Oh, fuck. That's <laughs> That's a big flex, and I love oh, that buddy, shit. I, yeah, I loved it. Uh, obviously, Leon with the Ted Lindsay. Bruce Cassidy won the Jack Adams. We talked about him a couple of uh, weeks ago, how it was just funny that Boston was so good. Dan said he could have coached that team to a playoff spot. Uh, GM of the year, Lou Lamorello. Thoughts? I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I he did. He that's year. that's another one too, where it's like, I mean, what did he really do? I feel like it's almost Not like a, a it's almost like a lifetime achievement award. So, <laughs> uh, whatever. It's usually the paper losers, and then the, the like the team that they always think is going to be the worst, and then that GM gets the gets the bump. Yeah. And just just remember, people, Peter Shirelli did get nominated for GM of the Year a few years ago with the Edmonton Oilers. So things. Changed. Did you mention that? Did you mention that Bear came in tenth for the Calder? Yep, Bear came in tenth for the Calder. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good uh, pat on the back for him. For you know, you're not even really in the question, but to know that a couple guys voted for you, that's got. Yeah, I think so. Out. I mean, even Bear, if you listen to this podcast, well, it's funny because right now we should be talking about um, the preseason as opposed to game four of the Stanley Cup finals. But, you know, 2020, if you had listened to this podcast a year ago, I guarantee none of us would have really been saying Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear. It was all about Caleb Jones for what I remember last year. And I still got plenty of faith for Caleb Jones. He's actually a tie-in to my Jeff Petrie annoyance. That's going to come up later. Um, 
but he is poised for a good year too. So Oilers looking good on the back end. A year ago, uh, a year ago, I was the one sitting here saying you should probably be looking to trade one of those guys sooner than later. I was like, look at that. You got so many defensemen. You should probably be looking to move one, get some help up front, get a scoring winger. A year from, uh, I got, I look like an idiot saying that. I mean, like both those guys, they're untouchable for me now. Well, we all look like idiots every now and then, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, you know who never looks like an idiot? Any champion that goes to skip the dishes.ca to order something delicious to eat. It is Friday afternoon, planning your weekend out. You worked enough for the week. You did. You grinded. You got up. Maybe you worked from home. Maybe you went into the office, wherever you go. You worked enough for the last five days. So go to skip the dishes.ca, take care of dinner for the weekend. Maybe you go, you find yourself a six foot party sub. I assume you can find one of those on skip the dishes.ca, and that's, your, that's, that's what you eat for the weekend. That'd be a power move. I'm going barbecue platter tonight. That thing is not lasting the whole weekend. Come on. You six think foot sandwich? A six foot sandwich oh, can last you all weekend? So it's, no, I could, kill, I, could kill two, I could kill two in one sitting. So <laughs> a six foot sandwich. The height 12, of me. 12 feet, 12 feet, 12 feet of sandwich. It's, it's six foot long sub. There's a reason they call Rick Captain Sub. Okay, yeah. six foot long subs. I would need the whole weekend at least to crush that. Like from Friday after work. So let's say five you o'clock. Can't eat, you can't eat two of them between now and before you go to bed tonight. Uh, you could probably get a third one down too, especially if no. you have a game tonight. This is this is like version two of my Nuggets question from last week. I yeah. need to know. I think I could. Listening to this I could maybe right crush now. two tonight, which means I'd have to crush four more throughout the rest of the. Okay, <laughs> I could do Saturday to Sunday. It's easy. I could do it. It would Rick, be easy. It'd be so sick of it, man. It's the same flavor. You it's might, one six you foot might, sub. Well, no, no they never give you the one full one. They give you six little ones. I'm, you the, I am uh, envisioning one very long piece of bread. Well, like the big lumberjack sandwich <laughs> at Subway. I'll, I'll take that on, too. No problem. But I tell you this. I, give me no more than 24 hours. I mean, this no is a more. challenge that's we need it, to sort it. out at some point. If you think you can eat more than two six-foot subs in a weekend, I want to know about it. The way Rick described it, like, I could definitely eat sitting. I could definitely eat. A six, now the way you described it, I could do a six foot sub in a weekend. Yeah, with your I eyes could. closed, I could. That's before two subs lunch, a day. Before lunch tomorrow, <laughs> give the dishes.ca. They want to make sure that you get the six foot sub you've always been dreaming of, or whatever you're fancying at that any given time. Check them out. Order. Tip your driver. Get yourself something delicious to eat. Uh, I just want to run really quickly through some Oilers housekeeping items from the past week. Uh, Joachim Nygaard having some tough luck with that finger. He re-injured his finger again, requires surgery again. He had just started to heal up kind of when the playoffs, the playing round started. So that's a bummer for him. Tough luck there. William Ladison still waiting for a contract with the Oilers. However, the restricted free agent did sign a one-year deal with HC of Vita Hoften. HC Vita Hoften. I love these names in Europe, man. Uh, it does have an NHL out clause, so that's just smart asset management there. Patrick Russell is going to Rungsted Sire Capital of Denmark's Metal Leg. <laughs> and man, that is that's the best. I I'm a big fan of the Metal Leg. Uh, Tyler Benson, he is going to G say uh, G C K Lions of the Swiss League. That's pretty sweet. Spending a few months in Switzerland. I can't. Think of a better place to spend a couple of months while you're playing some competitive hockey. Raphael Lavoie. He was starting in the SAHL, got cut right before the first game of the season, stepped down a league. 
Uh, so from what I could find on the internet, that actually makes sense in terms of where he's at in his development. So Ken Holland, again, if my yeah, math is right, if my math is right, I think it's 14 or 15 guys now that are playing over in Europe. Again, I did, I looked around, uh, like the Flames down the road, they've got three players currently assigned to Europe, whereas the Oilers basically have their entire roster assigned over there, it seems like. So shout out to Uncle Ken for the hard work he's doing to and make sure that his guys are getting some playing minutes. Hey, shout out to the Oilers as well, because I mean, like some of those players probably could have just been like, mm, no, I'll stay here, I'll train here, I'll skate here. But those guys going over to Europe, like that's a long haul to go over there just to play hockey for a month and a half, two months. So shout out to them. Well, I, I, go ahead. Put an extra note for Holland there too. Like put for the Raphael Lavoie uh, move, you know, including in the contract that they had to have a spot on the roster for him. And if they don't, he can walk away. Like that kind of stuff, those little subtle things, those play huge, right? If, if the team was like, you know what? We're not going to play you right now. And Lavoie had to sit there in Sweden and just twiddle his thumb. He'd be pissed. But here he is. He's able to go and play some hockey. So that's, yeah, it's, it's good all around. I just, I'm super impressed with the work Ken Holland's done on this. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a trek to go over to, you know, to Sweden or Switzerland or wherever these guys are playing. But not only do they get to play in some competitive leagues, that's some good life experience too. Get to chill in another country for a couple of months, experience some culture. I like it. Um, this past week, Gary Bettman did his traditional yearly Stanley Cup press conference. He says that the start of the 2020-2021 season could slide back into late December or early January. I know we had talked about that a week or two ago, especially when it came to the World Juniors coming to Edmonton in the bubble. Uh, anybody surprised by the, the, the NHL season kind of getting pushed back? Bettman did say, as a note, they still want to try and get 82 games in, which I found interesting. And the whole uh, summer. So they really can't push back too far. And they're going to have to make some cuts. Like, there's going to be no bye week. All-star no week, game. I can see be gone. Um, so they're really going to have to cut this in. And the seasons are going to be compressed. I think there's going to be a lot of three, four game weeks without very many breaks in between. Anybody surprised about getting a pushback? Tyler, you are going to say something? No, I'm not. Like, I think even when they said December 1, and you kind of sat there and went, okay, end of, end of September is when the Cup's going to be handed out draft quickly free agency quickly they like to have a month downtime or two like the whole december start i think was far-fetched from the beginning and they're kind of recognizing that now they clearly don't want to go back to a bubble they want to be traveling around so if you want to do that i think the smart play is to wait until january watch how the nfl works things out watch how baseball works things out and all that stuff and then you can come back to plan in january i I kind of felt like all along that's what was going to happen I think the biggest question is you have, you have to rank these things that you're going to you're gonna get by starting sooner or later, right? Like, what's the most important thing to the NHL? 82 games, a full summer, you know, being done around a certain time, starting a certain time. They have to figure out exactly what uh, their priorities are. And I think one of the biggest ones will be uh, pretty much ending next year uh, with a full season and a full playoff around the same time as they normally would. So... Pushing it back, I can't see them pushing it back too far. Like January 1st, maybe, but I still think they, they try their hardest to get it done. I mean, guys had a lot of time off in, in the spring. Uh, some guys haven't played since then, right? So for as much as, you know, everyone on Dallas and Tampa Bay is going to say, hey, guys, we need a break. What about the guys on Detroit are going, you know, hey, guys, I haven't played since, you know, it's going to be almost 10 months since I've played if you wait till January. Like, that's, gonna, that's crazy. 
so there and there's eight teams out there as composed as compared to two teams that haven't played. You know that, that ended in at the end of September. So I I still think it's it's in December when they drop the puck. I think I think the NHL obviously wants it earlier. Um, I think probably most of the organizations would prefer to have it earlier. And there's going to be obviously the two teams playing right now. They're going to try and push it back a bit to get some rest. But I think everybody would be on board with trying to get next year in as normal as possible. And if that means dropping the puck a little bit sooner this uh, in December, then I think the majority of these guys will step up and do that. Well, I think I, the important thing to keep in mind, too, is that we're heading into a dead space of sports right now. The, like even the WNBA, like the MLB, NBA, everybody is going to be done in a week, a week and a half time. And you're going to be left with the NHL or sorry, the NFL on the weekend and golf on the weekend. And that's fair because because basketball said they're like they've pretty much said January is their yeah. earliest. So another another point there is a great point that the earlier the NHL starts, the more more eyeball. the more advertising they get in the, in the beginning of the week, and yep. uh, that's going to result in in dollar signs. And that's one thing you take to the players and go, hey guys, like listen, I get it, you're going to be tired, I get it, you know the. But if we start now, that's one month. If we start December first, that's at least a full month of. The only thing people can watch for sports during the week is us. This is nothing but great for us. I just, I'm, I wish that, and I don't expect anything, I guess. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, really, but I just wish there was more kind of details about how the NHL is planning on doing it. Obviously, yeah. the border being closed is a massive fucking problem when you've got a handful of your teams, you know, a quarter of your teams up in Canada as opposed to down in the U.S., um, would they do an all Canadian division? Would they try and find some? Will the border be open by then? Will they try and file with both governments to try and get a pass? Does that even work? I think like I, I just wish we could be looped in on the process a little bit more of what kind of ideas they're looking to do. We heard about the hub city ideas where they kind of come in and out like Fort Mac camp workers, two weeks in, kind of two weeks out, kind of thing because. Um, it's a long time to be without families if they do go the bubble thing, but I kind of wish that we got more details because it's an interesting thing. December, really, if you look at it, it's not that far away. We're already going into October here next week. Um, the draft free agency silly season is going to kick off here right away. And then I think we're going to be through to the time when we'd want to start playing quickly, but we still have no idea what that's going to look like. So I think those, those things are still so fluid though. Like as much as they'd like to have an answer, um, it could change the day before they start, right? Like those things are, everything's changing at the drop of a hat still right now that I think you need to have a couple, a couple different plans and you're not going to be able to choose which one until we're much, much closer. Um, moving on to something that happened today. Bobby Ryan is going to be getting bought out by the Ottawa Senators. He had a couple years left on his contract. They decided to save some money by buying him out. Um, Bobby Ryan is going to be a, probably a cheap wing prospect and that has some touch. Would any of you have interest in Bobby Ryan or are you just staying away from it? The reason I ask, I was cruising Twitter before we started recording today. Saw a couple of Oilers fans bringing up his name. I'm throwing it to you. Uh, I'll, I'll lead this one off. I saw the news this morning and immediately I was like, damn, a guy who can, you know, has that natural goal scoring ability on the Oilers. I liked that, and I was actually getting ready. I was going to write an article about it, and I started sitting down, looking into it a little bit more, and I kind of went, ah, this isn't the right fit for the Oilers. It's a nice name, 
You know, the story of him coming back this year, scoring a hat-trick, that was a great story. But he's a right winger, and the Oilers are pretty full on that right side when you look at Cassian, Yamamoto. You know, if Puglia-Yarvi comes back, you got to save a spot for him on the right side as well. Uh, Chase on as well. You know, they probably need to trade him, but if they don't, he's on the right side. So I, I think if the Oilers are going to add anyone, they should be looking to add a left winger. Bobby Ryan's on the right side. I still think he's probably going to end up costing, you know, two, two and a half million even potentially. So I, I'm good without Bobby Ryan. Uh, wherever he goes, though, I think they'll be happy because I think that's a guy who, you know, if he gets a bit of a fresh start outside of Ottawa here, which he's going to get, he could be a little rejuvenated. He could do some damage. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes somewhere next year and scores 20 goals. Before I get to Dan and Rick, I just want to talk about the right wing side a little bit because Bob Stoffer tweeted out yesterday, distinct possibility that we see Jesse Pugliari return to the Edmonton Oilers on a short-term deal. To me, when Bob tweets that kind of stuff out, it sounds like it's going to happen. Uh, new GM head coach since Pugliari was last in Edmonton. Pugliari's agency has merged with Connor McDavid's agencies. Oilers would have six right wingers could result in a right winger being moved out for a left winger. I forgot Archibald as well when I listed all those off. So they have a ton yep. of right wingers. They Like Stoff said, and you're right, when Stoff says something and it's worded that way, you know there's a reason Stoff is sending out a tweet like that. Uh, the others will probably swap a righty for a lefty. Rick or Dan, anybody interested in Bobby Ryan? No, thank you. I would love the love the story and everything, but it just doesn't fit on the team right now. Yeah, no, we just it's just not a money deal. It just doesn't make sense money wise, even just for me. I, you know, and I think that if this was maybe a different year, and the Oilers' right side looks a little bit different than it does now, I would say why not? But um, no money, act right side, full party coming back. I just don't think this is the time for Bobby Ryan in Edmonton. Um, Tyler, you put out a tweet today for some listener questions, and we got a couple that came in. I'm excited to see what the people want to know. We've got plenty of wisdom for everyone. It's free. This is the college education you've always wished for. Tyler, what kind of questions did we get? Come in today at ON Radio Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, I think we're going to kind of throw out the offseason, maybe make this a regular segment. So it's at ON Radio Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. Jesus, Dan. What is going on right now? Dan is in a spaceship. Okay, I think we're good now. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, I sent out the tweet, asked for questions, and uh, let's go through them here. We ended up getting seven in, so we'll see how many we can get through before we have to get the hot and cold performers. Uh, the first one comes in from at NK776. Uh, that's their handle. Do you see Jesse getting an immediate chance on the top line with McDavid? And then potentially they added Ennis, Athanas, CU, or Cassian on the other side. Uh, Rick, our resident JP fan, I'll go to you first on that. I don't like that question because I think it's... Uh, they're gonna, they have to go to camp first, right? You got to go camp, yeah. you got to go preseason. Uh, that's how you determine who's going to play where pretty much outside of the new Yamamoto dry line, right? Like I think if they can put that line together... They'd love to be able to make sure that somebody's uh, gelling with Connor and stuff. So they have to go to, to camp first. Um, he's not being given anything. He's going to come in and he's going to work his way. And if he's playing pretty much like we're, like the highlights we've been watching, I think he's just naturally going to sift to that area anyways. So, yeah, he will not be given to him right away, but you have to go through camp and you got to work your way up from relatively a, a certain starting point anyway. So he will get there. It just, yeah, it's not being served to him up. I'm going to say there's a, a very good possibility that JP ends up there, provided that he comes in and brings a little bit of that 
unfinished swag that he's got going on right now. Again, different leagues, different production, different blah, blah, blah. I get it. I know all of that. I'm, I'm good with it. Rock and roll. But I do think that if he comes in and he plays in the middle six and he can kind of chip in and produce, he's got all the tools that could move him up in the lineup. So I don't think it's going to be right away, but I do think he ends up by Connor by the end, uh, ends up with Connor by the end of the season. Why not though? Like for, for me, he, for me, it's like with Connor's line, there's nothing really set in stone. Tippett, Tippett's not a Cassian guy, so you can't even think that Cassian's probably going to get handed that spot. Um, so, so why not give him a shot and, and try him out in training camp? And if it works, like you guys said, if he has that, if he brings that same kind of flair that he's had in Finland to this team now, why not? I, I don't, I don't see it being an out of the realm possibility. I don't think it's out of the realm, but I, I'm not sure if it's. I'm going to sit here and say it's likely that he ends up, you know, a full time top six winger by the end of the year. But at the same time, I, I think the expectations need to be tempered a little bit in the sense that he, if he plays on the third line, gets you 15 goals, 15 to 20 assists, and you know can just give you solid, honest minutes and, minutes and cut down on some mistakes, Like I, I think that's a success for JP in his first season back in North America. And maybe it opens up his trade value, or maybe it gives the Oilers more confidence that he can be a player here for the next few seasons. But I, I, I think it's possible he does. I'm not going to say it's likely, though. Uh, the next question we got comes in. Uh, Noah asks another JP one. I, I think this one's pretty easy, so I'm just going to handle it quickly. At Noah or Noah Marples at nmarps91 on Twitter. What would be too much for the new JP contract that's most likely coming? I, I think we can all agree one year, one million, right? If it's more than like one and a half, I think everyone would be stunned. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be north of two. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if it gets anywhere close to two, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. Red, yeah. yeah, Redfern seven five eighty one on Twitter. How about RNH as a three C and finding a couple of better wingers? What do you guys think about that potential approach to things? I uh, I'll start because I love Nuge so much. I, I mean, like the idea of having Connor then Leon then Nuge one two three makes. I mean, that's the kind of depth at center that anybody would love, but the reason I wouldn't do it is just because the magic that he was able to create with dry saddle and Yamamoto, that line was one of the best in the NHL from the time it was put together until the time that Tippett, for whatever reason, split it apart towards the end of the year. So I just think that the versatility that Nuge has is he's settled in on the left wing right now. That's kind of like a job done. Mm-hmm. You've got your a top six left winger in Nuge that can also swing to play center. If you need him, he's a fucking Swiss army uh, knife for this team insanely valuable i'd love to see an extension come sooner than later but i just think that having him with yamo and dry settle all three of those guys gelled so well that i just like i would rather that together which is a known success than trying to fish for wingers and hoping that that nuge can drag them along as we've seen too well, often that's, in the just past, you know. that's just it it's been it's been this team's MO is we're looking for right-handed defensemen and we're looking for winger help. And yes, I think that the team, the dream would be that you have the three centers in there playing their center positions. But until that time where we can just find wingers that, that can slot into those positions, you know, first of all, we got to find wingers for Connor McDade before we even try and think about finding wingers for Nugent Hopkins. So it's, it's, it's a dream, but I don't think it's, it's a possibility anymore. Uh, especially with the cap flattening out. And uh, yeah, so like you said, Bag Milk, you just you go with what works. Dry Sidle and Yamamoto, 
with Nugent Hopkins is absolute magic. I don't know why we got away from it in the playoffs. And uh, hopefully we go back to it here in the regular season coming up. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Like part of what makes Nugent Hopkins so valuable is that if you were to ever have an injury to one of your two stars, he can play center and play center very well. And he's a competent top six winger. Um, would I throw him on the third line? No, I, I think that's just, you even saw it in Toronto when they moved Kadri down to the third line. Like his offense got hurt and then he kind of, he ended up getting traded because people thought he wasn't as productive when in reality, there's just not enough offensive minutes to go around. So I, I, I think to get the most out of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you keep him up in the top six, you slide him to center if you need to or if you're forced to, but you don't want to make him your third line center. Yeah, I think you're better off uh, just playing him on the wing there. I think you're not going to find a you're not going to find a better, cheaper winger uh, to play that spot. And then I think it's easier to go find a third line center than it would be to go find a winger who's better than he is. Hopefully for cheaper at that spot. So I just don't think we're in the position for that. I think he's best off playing where he is. And you're right, there is uh, some versatility in that. And he can shuffle over. You know, if you got a bad matchup against the team, then yeah, you can put him down to the third center for whatever reason. Or, you know, the playoffs or whatever, an injury. But I think he's best off for uh, an everyday situation playing on the wing. And there's also, I, I mean, Tyler touched on it, and I want to I want to, I want to mention it as well, is that when Nuge is on the 3C, his caliber of wingers isn't as good as where it would be if he was in the top six. And that's where people go, fucking Nugent Hopkins, he's not scoring again. He's not scoring his, again. Look where his, his zone starts would be too. Like exactly. that third line is going to be more of a defensive zone, right? And he's very capable there and we love him there, but I'd much rather have someone who can be 95% of him there because it's going to be really hard to find someone who can be 95% of that winger. He's so he's such a funny player with some people too because it'll be like Nuge is playing three C and he's not putting up the points that you want from him and they're like oh fucking Nugent Hopkins can't score blah 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 and then they move him with Drysaitel he starts ripping it up one of the most productive wingers in the NHL since the new year the goal he only plays with Drysaitel and anybody can score that well no that's not the case interesting Dan uh-huh. we are we on a car ride with you right now Dan you're on my car ride that wasn't me though. Oh, what the hell? That was, that? that was my computer. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was Dan's GPS. <laughs> uh, do we uh, do we want one more question or do we want to get yep. a hot and cold performer? So we got time for one Let's more? Let's go, one more. Alrighty, uh, we got a potential move here. A little armchair GM question from Brian Wood. He's at, <laughs> at DangleDump94 on Twitter. That is a great handle. He says, what do you guys think about trading Larson for picks and trying to sign Barry with the money we save? He wants to know if that's a crazy thought. Gregor actually brought that up in an article a couple of weeks ago. Um, they're completely different players, obviously. Their style could not be more different. The only the reason that I would be open to trading Adam Larson is not because I don't like him, not because of where he's at in his contract. He's just I'm worried about his body at this point. Uh, I'm worried about his back holding up, especially given the style of play that he uh, that he does. He's a, he's a tough guy to play against. He throws the body around. He hits. He'll pin you. He's rough. All that shit that we love about him. But that's tough on the old back. So I would be I would consider that if the money could work. I don't, I don't know how the others would afford afford Barry necessarily because he's a UFA and he's probably going to get some smoke. But uh, I'd be open to that. I bet you Barry only well, gets like four, four and a half mil. He's coming, off a, so? bad, he's coming off a bad, bad year in Toronto, right? No, that's fair. Uh, With, I don't know. I can't imagine that, that he's going to get less than four and a half. That's that's the issue for me is that if, 
if you're making that deal for Larson, you have to know that he's coming in at least the exact same value, if not less. Yeah. But I just don't think I don't see it happening with Barry. I to me with the back thing with Larson, like that does worry me. But I, I look at the style of player he is and what the Oilers blue line is like. And I kind of like having that rugged defenseman in the top four. You know, each pairing, it seems like, if they're healthy, you have Clefbaum, the puck mover, Larson, the guy who can win heavy battles for you, disrupt the cycle. You have Ethan Bear, the puck mover, Darnell Nurse, the heavy guy who can break up the cycles and, put you know, gives you that mean aspect to your blue line. So I like having those two there. So I don't know if I would really rush to move him just for the chance to sign Tyson Berry. I, to me, it, it, I don't think it's a crazy thought at all, but... I, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of the move. I don't think it's crazy, but I think I'm going to hold on to him this year. He's kind of he's going to pretty much be your rental for this year, right? Like it's, he's in a UFA, yeah. so are you going to re-sign him after it? Probably not. If it's fine, if he wants more money, um, in a condensed season with a back injury, yeah, that could flare up a lot more. But I think I'm at the point right now where I'm playing him as a, re- a full a full season rental. Uh, he's the type of guy that you're going to want going into the playoffs. You know, he's, he's we all said he's that he's that bigger body down low. He can play that rough style, and he's very effective at it when he's healthy and he's playing well. Uh, Barry can't play that type of game. I don't want that game out of Bear. Uh, Bouchard, nope. Uh, Benning, nope. Benning's got a, a lot of that in him, but I'd prefer that he didn't have to deal with the with the heaviest aspects of it. So I'm going to roll with with Larson all year. Try and get rid of Russell and roll those seven guys you have right now. Very good. You're, yeah, we're, yeah, good. we're good. Another one? That brings it. Or hot and Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's uh, go. I, you're the one that always cuts us off, Tyler. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm scanning through the questions right now because we've actually gotten through most of them. Uh, Paul, Paul O'Connor at Druid Safety on Twitter. With Nygaard getting injured, are you worried at all about the Oilers heading over there that they might not be healthy for the start of the regular season? And actually, that's the one thing with all these players going over that I kind of hummed and hawed about. Um, It's not the Oilers' key players, so I don't think there's much of a concern there. But, I mean, guys going over there and playing hockey for three months before an 82-game regular season, potentially, that worries me a bit. I worry they might be, you know, a little bit more tired by the time you get to the end of the regular season. You worry about a guy, you know, tearing an MCL, having a high ankle sprain, and not being ready for the start of the season. So, is it a worry? My answer would be yes, Paul O'Connor. It is a worry. Is it enough to outweigh the positives that come with players getting development over there? Nah. It's no different for me than them going and playing in the AHL. They're all going to be they were all going to be playing hockey somewhere. It's it's just in Europe this time because that's where the hockey is being played. So yeah, I I mean obviously it's always a concern. You don't want guys getting hurt, but the reality is is that hockey is a physical game, and and these guys could get hurt training in the gym just the same as they could on the ice. It's it's no different for me than uh, than them playing in the AHL. Yeah, to me, I, I mean, thousand percent, I understand the concern that, you know, playing a physical game, there could be the risk of injury. But like Tyler said, this isn't, this isn't Connor and Leon going to play in these leagues. This is prospects that we hope to develop and hopefully will be Oilers in the future for the most part. I mean, Gaetan Haas is there. Nygaard obviously got hurt, which sucks. But, um, I'm not too worried about it. I'm more happy that these guys are having some some at bats in rather than just sitting idle and waiting for the AHL or the NHL or whatever to roll back around. Yeah, I'm not worried. I think it's worth it. It's worth the risk. So yeah, send them over there and we'll see what happens when they get back. And again, some good life experience. 
I mean, there's some of these kids that have probably never been over to Europe uh, for any length of time like this before. So that could be, uh, you know, something interesting for them. Cool opportunity. Um, but that brings us finally to the time when I tell Tyler to get his buttons ready. The Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. As always, if you go into any of the 14 locations for a takeout or curbside pickup order, Oodle Noodle is donating 10% of those orders to local charities and initiatives. So not only are you going to get yourself something delicious to eat, maybe even the new Hockachilli chicken. Saw Jay in the video today. Looks delicious. Maybe pick that up. But you'll also be donating some money and helping them raise some money for some local causes as well. So eat well feel good about it at the same time as we always do we're going to start with our cold performers of the week that is the veggies i want to know what you're thinking tyler you're in control of the button so i'm going to start with you uh my cold performer of the week is going to the ee football team i'm sure a lot of sports fans in the city heard this news over the week that they had permanently let go of their longtime equipment manager Dwayne mandrusiak they couldn't make a post about it they couldn't send out a press release thanking him for his time This guy worked with them for 49 years. He was one of the most beloved figures around the CFL. When TSN did their foundational pieces for every CFL franchise, Dwayne Mandrusiak, the equipment manager, was on that list for the EE football team. So just an absolute embarrassment by them. Uh, They've been doing a lot of stuff pretty questionably over the last few months. And this Mandrusiak thing was just, it's borderline unforgivable to treat a longtime employee like that. So I was not a fan of the move by the EE football team. Uh, worst. Worst. Uh, Mr. Nathan, Dan, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Well, I won't name names because I hope that he'll still come on to the podcast, but uh, I got everybody really excited at the start of this week. Oh, no. Uh, so we had a, we had a, new, uh, or a, a new and exciting guest that I don't think a lot of people would expect us to be able to get. Uh, with the with the 198th ranked uh, hockey podcast in the world, but uh, so far we've been left on red since he agreed to come on the show, and uh, so hopefully <laughs> hopefully we will uh, we'll be able to figure that out. But it's the mystery guest and his leaving me on red to get him <laughs> as a guest for this week on the podcast. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. <laughs> that is the perfect button. Yep. My dear listeners, if you knew who we kind of had, Dan had booked a guest. But the, fish is on the, the fish is on the line. It's just it's oh. kind of playing dead right now. So we'll, Hope will never die. Hope will never die. I'm not giving up. Time. We'll get it. We'll get him, and if we don't, then we'll drag his name out into the sand, and everybody can hear who left us on red. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Rick, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. Ah, uh, well, this is gonna this hits home a little bit for me. Uh, I'm in a couple of different fantasy football leagues, and uh, I took a real beating there last week. Not just because my players did not uh, really play well, but because of all of the injuries in the NFL. You look at these top-level names. These guys are not out for a week or something like that. And I don't know what the urban track is going through right now, but it's giving me a lot of anxiety. I don't know because his facial reactions are going crazy. Uh, what are we looking at? I'm upset. Sorry, there's your button. I'll tell you about it after. All right. Uh, my cold performance of the week is... I'm just going to be a little bit of a rant here for a second. Ooh. Jeff Petrie signing a contract extension to Montreal today. Because it just reminds me of the horrible sequence that landed him there. 
earlier in the podcast, I did say there's a connection between Caleb Jones and Jeff Petrie, which there is. The pick used to select Caleb Jones as part of the return for Jeff Petrie. However, the first part of that trade, I it didn't go very well. I'll just put it that way. And that brought me, that reminded me of how the Oilers went from they traded Tom Gilbert because they had Jeff Petrie. And then they traded Jeff Petrie because they had Justin Schultz. And then they traded Justin Schultz because he couldn't handle 27 minutes a night. And then they had no one like them on the roster. So they traded Taylor Hall to get Adam Larson because it is hard to get right-handed defensemen. And the whole fucking scenario annoys me. And just seeing Petrie have success in Montreal, signing a new deal, Cole performer of the week, terrible asset management by the Oilers, going back years now. What the hell is going on? Thank you. What's going on is bad asset management. Flipping the ledger, though, I want to finish this week's podcast on the bright side of life. Mm. So this is the Oodle Noodle Hot Performers of the Week. I'm going to start it because no, I don't want anybody to steal it. And this is, and I'm hosting the podcast. So Hot Performer <laughs> of the Week, Joey Moss, 57th birthday Woo. today. Edmonton legend, one of the greatest all time. Happy birthday, Joey Moss. You were my hot performer of the week. Rick, your Oodle Noodle hot performer of the week. Oh, well, I got an easy one here then. We're going to give it to Mr. Leon Dreisaitl. Uh He finally got the recognition he deserved after his, his uh, career year. Um, yeah, I, I agreed with every award he won. I thought he should win him. He did win him. So fantastic. You know, it wasn't a great year for him as a, as the team, but personally, at least he's able to give himself a little pat on the back and take his uh, three awards home. Yeah! I also just, I I love Leon because anytime he gets asked about these things, it's always about the team. He never wants to talk about himself, and I love that. Uh, Tyler, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. My Hot Performer of the Week. They're on my cap. How about them Blue Jays clinching a playoff spot for the first time since 2016? Yeah, it's a short season. Yeah, it's an expanded postseason format in Major League Baseball. But I get to watch my Blue Jays play in October. I love it. I am so fired up to be watching Blue Jays baseball. I like this right here. Let's go. Go Jays. And saving the best for last minute nation, Dan, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Well, just after we got off the air last week, there was... Some of my fellow podcasters were lamenting that I always get the good ones, and so shout out to you guys for getting picking all of my uh, my <laughs> options. Uh, so, and haters will say that this is fake, but I actually just watched this documentary this week. It was an amazing documentary. Tyler, you're going to want to check this one out. It's called Hands on a Hard Body, and it's a documentary <laughs> from 1997 about 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 a uh, contest in Texas. You guys may remember this from the radio days back then. Yeah. Tyler, probably not. But uh, it's a it's a documentary about people that would go into these contests where they would have to keep their hand on a car to be able to win that car. And and these people would stay on this car for 36, 48 weeks on end, hours on end uh, with their hands on this car. And so it's a documentary about one of these specific competitions and the lengths that these people go to to try and win this uh, win this car. So hands on the hard body, a 1997 documentary. You'll have to find it yourself because I don't know where it exists. But, uh, but yeah, that's my hot performer of the week. That was hot. That's hot. That was very hot. Very erotic. Of course, to run back to Tyler's uh, search of a hard body from earlier in the podcast. From all of us. 
on Oilers Nation Radio. I'm Bagnell, Tyler Ramchuk, Nation Dan and Rick. Thank you for listening. Of course, we want to thank Sherwood Ford, the Giant. We want to thank Tourism Jasper, SkipTheDishes.ca, and Oodle Noodle for making all of this possible. And you, the listener. Although, Mr. Listener, Mr. and Mrs. Listeners, I've got homework for you. I checked our podcast reviews today, and there was nothing. What? No nothing? new reviews. I beg of you. I plead of you. Rate us on Apple Podcasts because we want to be higher than 199 in terms of sports in Canada. Hey, should we do some? Perhaps we could uh, talk to somebody, get some nation gear to get uh, some of these uh, some of these people uh, speaking about us. Yes, yes, we should. I think that that is a great idea. Let's organize a little bit of a contest for next week. I think we're going to figure out a way to give us some nation gear. I'm writing this down right now. Again. From all of us, thank you for listening to Oilers Nation Radio. Please download and subscribe. Tell your friends and neighbors and, and whoever else is around you, really. Open your window. Yell out at the world. That's all for episode 105. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.